Cottony Construction Law is dedicated to helping the construction industry in legal, risk, and safety challenges. Welcome to this week's Law & Mortar with John Kenny and Trent Cottony. Hey, this is Trent Cottony, CEO of Cottony Construction Law, and I'm here with John Kenny, CEO of Cottony Consulting Group. John, how's it going? Doing great today. How's everybody else doing? Good. You know, I'm glad it's Friday, man. It's been a long week, so looking forward to a good weekend here. Yes, it um, is. You know, we've had so much going on in the news lately, but uh, the questions that we've been getting the most recently have to do with the vaccine and kind of what to expect down the road. And the kinds of questions that we're getting really kind of fall into two categories. And what I want to do is, I guess, talk about the first category first, and then we can get into sort of the construction side of things after we're done with that. But um, the question that I get from contractors is that as an employer, do they have the right to make their employees take a vaccine? And this is sort of a unique issue because um, a lot of these contractors work in sensitive areas. Like if you're doing, let's say you're doing a roofing job on a nursing home or even, you know, a condo, okay, and you have the potential risk of exposure that could lead to personal injury suits, you want to really think about whether or not, you know, you want to make your employees vaccinated. So from a legal standpoint, and then John, I'm going to ask you just from a business standpoint, how you feel about it. But from a legal standpoint, I can tell you that there's nothing wrong with mandating that your employees be vaccinated. Okay. The only thing you got to really worry about is a couple of different um, potential problems. Okay. One is if they have a religious objection, so let's say they belong to a religion that opposes vaccines. That may be formed the basis of a Title VII type discrimination issue. So you want to try to provide them a reasonable accommodation to the extent that you can. Obviously, if these are remote workers and they don't have any contact with you know, uh, customers or other employees, it's irrelevant, but uh, something to keep in mind. Second thing you wanna watch out for is a medical disability that would prevent them from getting a vaccine. So if they're known to have allergic reactions, okay, that may fall under the ADA. You, same with Title VII, you have to try to provide an accommodation to the extent that you can. The one thing that I want to caution our listeners uh, about, and, and it's pretty much anytime you're dealing with anything that relates to employment, is avoid disparate treatment, okay? You got to be consistent throughout whatever you're doing. Don't say just because you're over 60, you have to have a vaccine, or because you're part of this group, you have to have a vaccine, try to be uniform across what you're doing. Now, if you have, let's say you've only got one crew that does high risk type projects that involve nursing homes. Well, you could say everyone in that crew has to get it, but you can't, you know, don't discriminate among, amongst members because if you do, that forms a basis for, you know, potential discrimination claims. John, as far as, as practical advice, you know, how, what would you say if a, if a contractor is trying to figure out whether or not to mandate vaccines, how, do, how would you go about approaching that? Well, I, I think it's going to roll out in twofold from a contracting side of point. I think you're going to have projects that you're going to face in the future that are going to require you to have full vaccination. So uh, very similar to other kinds of training and safety and different things and certificates. So you're probably going to face it anyways. Um, I would definitely recommend, I know I was back in the, in the CEO of a roofing seat, I would recommend that everyone in my company would get it. Um, you, like you say, from a legal standpoint, you can't mandate it and say you have to or, or, or for that. But I think you'll find the majority of them will. I, I think it just makes great business sense. 
Um, I think we're going to be facing this on and off for a long time to come. And, you know, you have lost production. You have a lot of other things that go along with it. People out, people sick. Um, I, there's really not an easy way of doing it, but I, I think you want to encourage from, I would do it from, I would encourage everyone on any one of my crews to get it. I think hopefully here in a little while um, in this 2021, some point, it would be easier to get the vaccine to the general public than it is now. Maybe at that point can do a lot like the flu shots where you have a, you know, if you have a large enough uh, a company of people, you can get the shots done right on site. I believe you'll see that coming probably by the summer, like they do with flu shots and other other wellness checks, that would make it very convenient. I, I would be pursuing those avenues. Yeah, you know, I, I think if if a contractor were to ask me, you know, barring some, you know, unusual situation, I would tell them a voluntary vaccination program, maybe with an incentive attached to it to try to yep. get your workers to take it. Now, gift you brought cards up something. are a great idea. Gift cards always work with with your workers. Right. Now, John, you brought up something that was interesting, and I think that's uh, the issue that we've had a lot of customers of contractors, you know, the owners, the developers say, when the vaccine becomes readily available, we're not going to let you back on this job until you can show your workers are vaccinated. Okay. So that creates an interesting situation. And I get asked that this question a lot from a legal perspective, if you already have a signed contract and there's not a federal state or local requirement that you get vaccinated, they can't really contractually force you to get a vaccination. Okay, you can work with them. You could submit a change order for that to the extent that it's going to, you know, result in downtime because of you know um, adverse effects or whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, they don't really have a contractual mechanism to force that requirement. Now, for contracts that are coming out now, for bids that are coming out now, if that is a requirement and you agree to it, then you're stuck to it. You're, you know, you've got to make sure that you've got at least enough people that are vaccinated to man that job. Okay, and that's a little bit different than mandating your whole workforce get uh, vaccinated. You could have a, you know, a set number of designated people that you know have received the vaccine that can work on a particular job. The problem that you've got there is you got to make sure that you got enough workforce to accommodate that. So if for whatever reason you get one or two people down, do you have enough to replace that to, to maintain the schedule? It's going to be very interesting to see how this unfolds especially as we have these other strains that are out there that may uh, challenge the efficacy of our existing vaccines. So, John, next thing I want to turn to, and this came out last week as well, is very interesting. The new stimulus plan uh, that, that uh, came out December, I think, I think it came out December 21st, but we really started hearing stuff uh, here recently, and it was passed recently. The um, couple of things that I saw that many people aren't paying attention to, and one is is the uh, meals uh, tax credit, tax expense that you get. Normally it's 50%. So if you're a business owner, you get to take you know 50% of all those meals that you have with clients for business purposes. Now they've expanded that to 100% for this tax year coming up. So that's gonna be a big benefit to not only business owners, but also I think the idea behind that is to support restaurants. The other thing that was interesting is the Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, they extended some funds there and they actually said that you may have the ability to go for a second round, okay? Uh, the requirements there are pretty strict and I would, I would just caution people, make sure that you can absolutely show the need before you go to do that. You've gotta be able to show that you had a 25% dip same year over year period in order to even be eligible. So tread lightly before you decide to go for a, a second dip of Paycheck Protection Program funds. 
Um, John, what did you take from that? Do you, was there anything that caught your eye as far as the stimulus? No, no, it, it hasn't changed. Like you brought up the, the main points and what's really changing that from a business standpoint. You know, and again, and I, I'd also like to caution anybody that it's thinking of going for a second dip or, or even a first dip at this. I know we've heard a lot of clients now um, and roofers in general, just from different organizations and construction, um, they're, they're concerned about audits from the first round. So I, I think you're going to see some tightness and verification that you should have got the money if you did. So uh, other than that, I mean, I think that the stimulus is needed. I think it was needed and it may even be more needed. Um, not getting into anything political or what's going on, but I, I put a video out earlier today. Anybody wants to check it out. Uh, we're, we're down 220,000 jobs last year, just in the construction industry in 2020. And, um, you know, overall it's look, looking that the, the indicators are calling for another five to 6% overall dive in uh, rev, total revenue. So um, again, not, not sounding any bells, but I, I think it's a good time to make sure that, uh, you know, you are, you're financially sound and your procedures are sound. I know you, you talked about that again the other day on, on a webinar you were on, Trent, and mm -hmm. um, nothing more important than that. I'm working with clients and I, we even do it here in our own business. I mean, well, you've got to know where every expenditure is being spent on, because if you, you know, you just can't hope that you're going to have a good collections uh, round in the next six months. So just be prepared. We're not really sure what's on the horizon. I wouldn't just count on a booming economy. Yeah, I think that's sound advice. You know, when, when we look at the lay of the land, um, I'm concerned that we're not going to have a repeat year in 2020 as far as construction goes. Um, so I think it's, it's wise to prepare. And that's actually a great segue to this week's question. This week's question comes from Matt. The question is, what can I do to prepare for 2021 now? Okay, obviously this question was submitted before 2021. But John, what do you think? What, what can a contractor do to prepare now for the rest of the year? Well, I think you're, you're coming to the point where you should be able to have a good look at where you actually performed in 2020. Um, so you're kind of doing a little rear view mirror. But I would look at that and again, I would drill down on where you spent your money. Um, of course, operationally above the line for uh, working out in the field to get jobs done. Uh, hopefully you already have your procedures in place that you're buying correctly. You have good efficiency procedures in place for your labor forces, whether they're subs or whether or not they're in-house labor. Um, I would review those to make sure. And I would definitely look below that line at your hard overhead costs to make sure you know where everything's going. Um, you know, sometimes you have a habit, if you have a lot of credit cards out in your company, who's spending what, what are they really spending it on? Do you really need to buy it when you need to buy it? Look at those and set a realistic budget. I, I don't think this is a great year to set a budget of a 15% growth and just hope you hit it. You know, do a realistic budget. Take a look at your last two years and set your budget sharp right now. Yeah, I would say from, from legals and what, what I would really do is focus on your AR um, you know, anything that is 60 plus, you really need to go after hard. Uh, what that means is really tightening up your SOPs, your policies, your procedures to make sure that you're being a squeaky wheel, both via email and phone calls to the extent necessary. Uh, you look to accelerate things like demand letters, lien claims, bond claims, and unfortunately suits. Suits always a last resort, but oftentimes first to the courthouse is the one that gets paid. So Keep that in mind. Don't let clients get into you. Don't let them, uh, you know, extend payment terms. 
to the extent that you can get paid now, that's absolutely what you want to do. Uh, focus on that because I'm concerned about customers' ability to pay as we continue to get through 2021. Yeah, I like to add just on to that, Trent. Um, if you, especially coming in now, hopefully you put a heavy collection effort on at the end of last year, but if you didn't, if you're rolling over, I would seriously, if I was in my own company right now and I give this advice to anybody, I would do it. If you've got somebody that's 90 days and over and you've got a percentage of greater than 30, 40% of your collection sitting in 90 days and over, if you got an opportunity to deep discount that bill to get that money paid rather than put them on a 12 month payment plan or any other way, get the money in the door. I think it's that important right now. I think four or five months from now, you're probably going to see a failure rate of 20% or higher with, with businesses. Yep. Absolutely agreed. So um, John, we, you know, our time's up, but we had a lot to talk about this yeah. week. We'll save some for next week. As always, if you guys have questions for us, feel free to reach out. You can hit me up, tcotney at cottonycl.com. John, how can I get you? Uh, that's Jay Kenny, J-K-E-N-N-E-Y at cottonycl.com. All right. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Have a good week.